With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into the Lombardi Line. We're coming to you live, as always, from coast to coast. I'm Stormy Bonantoni out here in Vegas at our VEASAN studio at Circa Resort and Casino. Mr. Michael Lombardi at his office in Ocean City, New Jersey. The final cuts have been made. 53-man rosters are set, at least for now. Jonathan Taylor mm. remains with the Indianapolis Colts. So, needless to say, shocking. we have a, shocking, a lot Stormy. to get to. Shocking. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Good morning. Oh, it's a great morning. Yes. You know, those rosters are not quite set. I said for now. For wanna, now. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Yeah, you got it. I love it. Welcome. It's good to have. It's good to be here, Stormy. Wednesday. You know, we've got football this weekend. You're traveling. It's all good. Everything's everything's ahead of us. Oh, of course. And and yes, shocking. We'll get to the Jonathan Taylor Colts of it all in a moment, I Michael. I can't believe it. But I wanted I to start really quickly because I know this is something you would love, but you haven't been watching Hard Knocks this season. Last night, all. the episode, they had a moment where they did a shot-for-shot reenactment, Michael, of the Sopranos opening. So instead Ooh, of I gotta watch yes, that. I have to send you a link. With Tony to it. coming, Tony coming, or you mean Tony driving his car out the Lincoln Tunnel? Yes, exactly. So and it go, you see okay. the they have the shot of the Jersey Turnpike, and then instead of Gandolfini in they, the driver's they go by seat, the Pizza Land place, all they of see, it. They go to, Oh, great. You're going to love it. So I have to send you the link of it, but it's woke up this morning. Got yourself. It's the whole thing. It's that's my that's my so ringtone. Is it really? That? I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. I did. That's my ringtone. It's so good. I had I the Godfather for years, but I went with Woke Up This Morning. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever listened to the complete song. I don't even know who wrote the song, who did the song. All I know is David Chase was driving on the 101 and heard it, and he thought that would be a good tune for the Sopranos. It was perfect, and we have that just stuck in all of our brains now, but I love that that's your ringtone. No other show is opening their NFL show the day after roster cuts like we are, Michael, but I made I had to yeah. make sure that I got that in there for you. But let's get love to it. the Colts, because exactly yeah. as you predicted, they don't go ahead and trade Jonathan Taylor, said they couldn't find fair value, a fair value offer, um, meaning they couldn't get that first-round pick that they wanted from anyone from Jonathan Taylor, so the team called the bluff that JT wasn't going to find the market value out there that he wanted. The agents talk and getting all the news out there didn't end up working, and he's on PUP list, like you said. Yeah, I mean, everybody I talked to wasn't, like, trying to. As I said many times, look, Jonathan Taylor's a good player. He had a good year. 
And there's a lot of teams that would like him on their team. They don't want a problem on their team, but they would like him on their team. But then when you add in the contract and the compensation, and why should Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts give him up for pennies on the dollar? He's not desperate to do it. Mm-hmm. He'll be a free agent at the end of the year. You know, maybe they decide to franchise him and see if somebody wants to trade at that point. You know, so the agent's trying to manipulate this from behind the scenes, and it's very amateurish what he's doing because he's feeding information, you know, to certain reporters in Indianapolis, and then that information's getting out there, and he's got six suitors. No, he's got two. It's coming down to the wire. Every one of my sources in the league said there was nothing coming down. It was people offered nothing. And I think even the Colts countered back with something respectable, and people just were like, no, you're going to have to do something, you'll cut them. So it doesn't surprise me. This seemed more media-driven than reality-driven. Well, and I think this goes back to the point that we discussed earlier this week with why we're so fortunate at VEASAN to have somebody like you, whereas regular media out there is hearing from the agents you're hearing from people inside the buildings and the people that are making the decisions. And that's a really important distinction because um, when it comes to this type of thing, like, of course he's going to say whatever he can to make it look like there's all of the, these offers out there for his guy. Cause he's just trying to get money for his player. That's the whole point. What you said about um, the, the way that this played out, this ban again, not ban, but this, um, this deadline was self-imposed by the team to get to this date. That doesn't mean they still can't trade him. This was just the way that they had it planned out. The actual trade deadline's not coming until October. We also heard another report from that same media entity that the Packers were that second team that had been unnamed previously to this point, but it doesn't sound like there was anything actually viable for Miami or for Green Bay to go ahead and get Jonathan Taylor. Well, let's, you know, let's put some facts into this. Like, Green Bay redid Aaron Jones' deal, and they got him at a good number and guaranteed him. A.J. Dillon will be a free agent. It's not in Green Bay's typical mode of Brian Gutekus to trade away draft picks for a guy who's going to be in one year of his contract. I mean, they've never done this. But let's spin this forward for a moment, if we will. So the reason there was the deadline was because Ballard had to make a decision. Was he going to put him on PUP or was he going to trade him? Because once he went on PUP, the car drove out of the lot and the value of the car went down because now he's definitely going to miss four games. So the most he'll play next se- this season is 13 games if he comes back off the list. So there goes the value down. Now the values come even further down. If he wasn't getting a deal yesterday or Monday – What kind of deal do you think he's going to get tomorrow knowing it's going to be 13 games? Exactly. And, Michael, he hasn't had any leverage in this situation. Like, all of the cards have been in the hands of the Indianapolis Colts in this spot. So now that he is on that physically unable to perform list, missing those first four games, that's against the Jaguars, Texans, Ravens, and Rams. The Colts running back room in his absence is going to look like this. Zach Moss, who's recovering from a broken arm in training camp and never rushed for more than 481 yards in a season. Deion Jackson, who had a career-high 236 yards a year ago, and rookie Evan Hull, um, as the Colts released Kenyon Drink on Sunday, among other players. Uh, so, does your look? You already called for the thought process that Jonathan Taylor was going to be on that pup list ahead of the season. When you look at those first four games, does it change your thought process about Indy, or how much does it change your thought process about 
Indy in those early season games with, I mean, he's obviously a marquee back for that team. No, I, I think, look, the Colts will add another backs maybe today. You know, they're probably scaring the waiver wire, looking at, at, at potential guys, comparing Deion Jackson to who's on the wire, comparing Huff to who's on the wire, you know, seeing would, where they are. Would with they Zach maybe go Moss. get Kareem Hunt, Michael? Well, they brought Kareem Hunt in. The problem with Kareem Hunt is, and this is why he hasn't signed, is because, you know, conditioning-wise, he wasn't ready. And so that's still an option. But, you know, when, when teams bring you in and then send you away, what they probably are saying to you is get in shape. You take two weeks, you get in shape. See, if we sign you and try to get you in shape, then you get hurt. We own you. Okay? We own you. If you go work out and get hurt, and you're trying to get in shape. We don't own you. We don't have to pay you. That's why this happens. So I, I think you know that that they can go back to that. You know, I mean, look, they're going to scour the market. It wouldn't surprise me if they claimed a running back today off the wire, because teams have extra, and you know, there's guys out there that perhaps you can you can come in and fill in. Look, the main runner on the team is going to be Anthony Richardson. This mm-hmm. we know. I mean, we know this. And the fact they only kept four receivers tells me they're going to do something at the receiver position as well. Yeah, it's interesting how a lot of these teams' roster cuts are making you evaluate different things. I I want to turn our attention now to the New England Patriots, who have cut all of their quarterbacks, not named Mac Jones. (laughs) Bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it plays out. You'd like to turn our attention there. (laughs) Well, it's it's interesting, especially after Michael last year when it's, you know, Bailey Zappy Uh time and people are chanting his name at the primetime game and then he gets cut here. Um, But we're going to be monitoring any news that comes out from that waiver wire to your point because the deadline was noon Eastern to see if he ends up getting picked back up by the Patriots. But him and Malik Cunningham both both cut yesterday, which was interesting news. Well, okay, so here's what happens. So if you want to put a player on injured reserve and you want to bring him back to your team, you have to count him on your 53-man roster to do that. And then the next transaction, once you do that, the next transaction you make, you can bring him back. You can you put him on IR, you bring a player back. So, for example, the Colts have four receivers. They'll probably put one of their players on IR and bring back a guy who cleared the wire to put him at receiver. The same thing with the Patriots. They have Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham. If both those players clear the wire, and today it's 1209, that wire has finally, it's, it's over. So either teams claim you or you're not. When the next 30 minutes, we're going to hear guys who have gotten claimed mm-hmm. from, the, from Twitter and Instagram and all that. If he didn't get claimed, which based on his play this summer, it would be highly unlikely for me to assume he would get claimed, then he'll go on their practice squad. And they'll look over the landscape of other quarterbacks and decide, okay, who's, who's going to be the number two for this game? And they bring him up to the team, and they'll put him back down. So they save the roster spot. You know, they'll have to put some guys on IR, and they just it's roster manipulation. And so as you started this show with, for now, the roster looks like this. But in 48 hours, it won't. If you're Bailey Zappi, are you upset that the Patriots felt like, okay, yeah, we can put you on the, on the waiver wire. Nobody's going to pick you up. We need the spot for somebody <laughs> else right now. If you're Bailey Zappi, you know you didn't play good this summer. I mean, you really didn't. I mean, you got to be honest. I, again, I'm going to keep saying this because I think it's really important that we remember this, me as well. Then is then, now is now. Mm-hmm. What you did then doesn't matter. What you do now does. He did not play well all summer. 
There was no, and, and I was, look, go back and watch the Cleveland game last year when he came, went into Cleveland and played well. Like, he has, I thought there was a chance, boy, this guy looks good. Yeah. And this summer, no, no. And remember, I know Femi has never seen enough of it, <laughs> but they have these things called practice. I don't know if you're aware of this. I've heard of it. And they tape practice. I don't know if you're aware of that either. And they watch practice tape every day. And he probably wasn't good in those practice tapes either. And this is why this is happening. Yeah, and in the preseason games, to your point, it was rough. But you can't help but look back to that Browns game. You referenced over 300 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Is he going to supplant Mac good. Jones? You Maybe remember? Maybe he needs Matt Patricia. Maybe, Maybe he needs Matt Patricia <laughs> coaching him. Maybe that's the answer. That's so bad. That's so bad. Okay. I'm sorry. It was good, you know. Oh, goodness. Classic. Another interesting Bill Belichick move. We'll see how this plays out, though. Uh, we are just getting started here on the Lombardi line. Lots more headlines to go around the NFL, including an update or lack thereof on the quarterback in Cincinnati. Is the week one line telling us more about Joe Burrow's status than his head coach when we return? This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The updated NFL betting guide will be released tomorrow throughout the NFL preseason. Our recent experts have been reevaluating every single team to give you the best betting edge this season. The guide will have picks from every on-air host. Team-specific preseason analysis. Our own Michael Lombardi did a breakdown of all 32. How to use VEASAN betting splits and football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, now is the time to come join us. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for as low as $19, or you can save 50% off that monthly price when you do the annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. Again, that's coming up soon. Got lots of great deals going on with all of our content at vcin.com. Welcome back to the Lombardi line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. And uh, to pay off the tease here, Michael, let's go to Cincinnati where Bengals yeah. head coach Zach Taylor continues to be vague about the health and status of his star quarterback, Joe Burrow, yesterday um, when asked about the, the strained calf in July and asked about whether or not Joe Burrow would be available practicing again this week. We got a, we'll see. He added, I think he was, uh, he has a very healthy body and I'm encouraged by that. Last week said physically walking around, he looks as good as, as he's ever looked at this point. So Michael, that's telling me nothing uh what do you think's gonna happen with joe burrow well let, let's one of the things that i think we have to take advantage of in what we do and you do it well is the betting market right so we know that in all the betting all the books throughout the country 70 percent of the money is coming in on the browns but that line is going the other way it's down down to one and a half two you know it's moving so what now? I, there's some shops out there that I see it at one and a half. It opened it, it opened at two and a half, and now there's some ones out there, but mostly all painted two. So we're seeing a little bit of a line movement. So I think there's some doubt. It's going going towards the Browns. So I think there is some doubt that he could play only just based on the money that's coming in because no one's really betting on the on the Bengals. And so that tells you they're moving the money for a reason. Remember, not all money's the same money in betting, right? Mm-hmm. It takes somebody who knows what they're doing to move a line. It doesn't take mom and pop to bet $10 to move the line. So my sense of it is I think people suspect he might not play, 
but also he might not be as good as we suspect he always is. Michael, and that's kind of my thought process is that regardless of whether or not Joe Burrow plays, he hasn't practiced. He hasn't been able to kind of get the reps I feel like that you would need to to be a successful opening day starting quarterback. And we know Zach Taylor's squads early in season have struggled already. They've been kind of slow starting. There's maybe a little more expectation for the Cleveland Browns in year two, it appears. So I understand why the money is is moving the way that it is. I don't really have a feel, though. I don't have a bet in this game personally. Um, It was kind of one of those stay away spots for me, a line that very much so looked like a trap. Yeah, I I initially started out liking Cleveland in this because I think Cleveland's so... I mean, look, everything Cleveland's done, the Hopkins decision, you know, they're about this year's team. They're going to do whatever they can do to win this. You know, they need need to start fast. I was on Cleveland radio yesterday, and and they were asking me about why was Stefanski playing all his players this preseason. I said, because I think he knows he's got to start fast. There's no time to linger here he's got to come out and play well early and I think ultimately uh, that's some of the concern and and I think that's why you got to feel like they're going to start this game really quick and I think that's why a lot of people feel like Cleveland could be the right play because the Bengals may not be 100% with Burrow and some of their other players. Yeah, and the Cleveland's also at home in this spot. Bengals just a two-point favorite, total 47.5 right now. Um, the Bengals also, just while we're talking quarterback movement, they released Trevor Simeon, leaving Jake Browning as the backup. Zach Taylor said he does really like Jake being number two and also potential that they could get the former Cowboys quarterback who was cut when Trey Lance got brought over to Dallas, Will Greer. Um, We talked yesterday, Michael, about Von Miller being placed on the physically unable to perform list ahead of the season. Also, as it pertains to the Bills, DeMar Hamlin has made that 53-man roster. I don't think anybody really expected him not to, but the 25-year-old has hit every benchmark that he needs to after suffering cardiac arrest on that Monday night football game against the Cincinnati Bengals last year. Minus 285 for comeback player of the year. Is there any shot that anyone else could win this award if he's out there on the playing field? I mean, if Cleveland wins the North, how does Watson not get comeback? Because people won't vote for him. I really okay, think that. That's my that. only thing. That, that, that. That's my. Th- do you, I mean, take me into your thought process with that. Based on his history, I think that he's going to have a stigma with voters. But, he, you know, but we're supposed to be objective. I mean, supposed like to if, be. Yeah, I mean, if if you're if he's not votable, then take him off the list. It's not fair. I mean, if he, he if he can't win it, why is he playing? Why is he even in the uniform if he can't win it? I mean, that would be the first name that comes to mind. But you, well, Cleveland's got to win, and I mean, win mm-hmm. the North, right? You know, the other thing is, Stormy, I'm having a hard time figuring out what makes the comeback player of the year. Some of these players that list in this category, I don't know, do they qualify as a comeback? It's, do you? Well, this awards market, I feel like we're saying this year in and year out. It makes no sense. It really doesn't because are you coming back from an injury? Are you coming back from being bad? In DeMar Hamlin's case, he's coming back from his heart stopping and being dead on a football field for a little while. So that's like the thing that keeps sticking out in my head narrative-wise that is minus 285. Is that steep enough even? Because if he's out there on the playing field and getting action – I feel like that's just going to be automatic, even though it's it's been a long time since the last time that we saw DeMar Hamlin playing. Like, that's that's the way I feel. It's hard for me to genuinely 
make a case for a number of other players on here because we don't even know what the award really is. Right, and I think he will play, right? So they kept four safeties on their team. And one of my concerns about Buffalo this offseason, this year, and preseason is Poyer, who's a really good player, Hyde, who missed most of the last year. Poyer had an injury as well. They're, they're up there in age. They're over 30. And they're liable to miss time. I'm not saying they're going to get hurt, but they could miss a game here and a game there. And Hamlin's going to play. I mean, they signed mm-hmm. Taylor Rapp, former Ram, who was at Arizona. You know, So they've signed him back. I, I, I get the sense that you know he's going to play, and if he plays, he's definitely going to earn the award because, as you said, I mean, what he's overcome deserves to be comeback player. The other interesting move is the Boogie Basham move. They trade him away for a six-round pick. This is a team that, you know, they drafted him in the second round from Wake Forest. They were counting on him being a good player, but they haven't been able to solidify that rush. The key guy for them as they go and play the Jets is going to be Leonard Floyd. He, Leonard Floyd's got to take that mother may I step. I mean, Shaq Lawson made their team this year, which is surprising, right? And that tells me that, you know, they are probably still looking for some pass rush help. Yeah, and Boogie Basham now with the New York football Giants. Also, we got maybe a potential Nick Bosa update here, Michael. Per yeah. Jason Dumas, sports director in the Bay Area at KRON4 News, said Nick Bosa will be with the team and available to play week one, according to his sources. Yeah. The two sides plan to get a deal done within the next couple of days. I, I, look, I, I don't want to – everybody's entitled to leak things. My experience with that report – when it comes, he was the 76ers were doing this and trade, none of it. He's from Philly. It never worked out. So evaluate the evaluator. But I agree on this one. I agree on this one that I think they will. I think he's getting ahead of himself, but I truly believe that everybody knows that Bosa is not, A, not going to miss a game check, and B, not going to miss a game. Mm-hmm. So I think he's definitely going to be in there. But again, you know, this is always one of those where we know the outcome. So why don't we just put it out there? I like the way that you put that, though. Evaluate the evaluator with that spot. No, sh- no shade to Jason Dumas, but just saying. Um, I'm just look. I, I look. Nobody loves rumors more than I do. But when you're wrong <laughs> too much, I don't look at you anymore, right? Like I say, I'm not going there. Yeah, we've, like, and, we. You know, and I love my '76er rumors. So when you get when you're bad on those. I'm staying out of it. (laughs) Yes, he is a a Philly guy by trade, now currently out there in the Bay Area. And while we're talking Nick Bosa, reigning defensive player of the year, a candidate for the award this year, but says he might hold out till week eight. Chris Jones was placed on the reserve, did not report list as that holdout rolls on. Yeah, I mean, look, now one thing about that list that he's on, when he shows up, he can get off the list. This isn't like PUP where Jonathan Taylor's missing four games, whether he gets traded or not. So he's on that list, and he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to miss. He's going to miss. He's he's Taylor's going to miss four games. Whereas all Jones has to do is show up. And Jones, really, in- I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, it, this is a really hard problem. I know we got to go to break, but it, you know, you got two players who are selfless in Mahomes and Kelsey. How do you turn around and just make that call? Yep, something that. Uh- it's it's hard to see, especially when your quarterback, who is like the marquee face of the franchise, makes what he does, and then you're going to bat saying, I deserve X, Y, and Z. It's a little tough of a pill to swallow for that organization, I'm sure. Chris Jones, 25-1 to 1 in the defensive player of the year odds market, but if he's missing a significant chunk of games, 
obviously, that's not the way you'd want to place your money. We're going to step aside here. Week zero of college football. We got a little bit of a taste, a teaser of what's to come this season with week one kicking off tomorrow. We'll get more of the big picture talk with coach of the year when we return. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. The updating NFL betting guide is going to be released in less than 24 hours. Coming out Thursday, throughout this NFL preseason, all of our VEASAN experts have been re-evaluating the teams to give you a betting edge. Our updated guide has picks from every on-air host, including yours truly. Team-specific preseason analysis, analysis Mr. Michael Lombardi has writes up, write-ups for all 32 teams. How to use VEASAN betting splits and football contest strategies if you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews. Now's the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You can do so for as low as $19 or save 50% off that monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. The man who puts that together as well as the college football betting guide as well as so much more here for us at VEASAN. Adam Burke joins us now, VEASAN managing editor, also, of course, co-host of the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast with our guy Tim Murray at Skating Tripods on X. Welcome in. Adam, how are you today, buddy? I'm good. I, I was shocked a little bit to hear on X. I'm still calling it Twitter. I'm trying to just yeah. I'm trying to just migrate. You know, I've, I've bit the bullet. This is the way it is. I got to go for it. You, you know, the hardest part, sense. though, the hardest part, Adam and Stormy, is like you're looking for it on your phone and you don't find it because it's X. It's not the Twitter bird. Like, like I'm still conditioned to like, where the hell is it on my phone? You know, my it's phone, like ridiculous. Michael, my phone hasn't fully updated properly for whatever reason. And so my little app icon does the flicker. It's the bird most of the time. But then when I go to open it, it's the X and then it goes back and forth. It's so weird. So every now and then I see the little blue bird. It's great. Um, but Adam, on to more important things. Like I mentioned, you guys do have the, the college football betting podcast. It's I want to say two episodes a week, but I just know when it downloads automatically and I listen to it. I don't know how many there actually are, but you and Tim are doing really, really great stuff. And you have a breakdown of week one that is already out now. What is your favorite bet of this opening week of, of real football now with 130 plus teams in action? Yeah, we actually didn't talk about my favorite bet. We mostly talked about the weeknight games and kind of some of the big storylines around college football this week, the decisions with quarterback battles. Some of the teams are going to play multiple quarterbacks. One team that will not play multiple quarterbacks this week is Western Kentucky because Austin Reed is a guy that just puts up ridiculous numbers in a West Coast style offense that I don't think you that South Florida is going to be able to keep up with here this weekend. And South Florida has got a new head coach themselves in Alex Golish, who was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee last year. So he wants to play with tempo and Jerry Bohannon, the Baylor transfer, is capable of doing that. He's an experienced guy. But there's not a lot of talent around him. And the South Florida defense gave up over 41 points per game last year. So my favorite play this week is Western Kentucky minus 11 and a half. There were some minus 11s earlier in the week, and maybe you can still find one. But I just don't see South Florida stopping them at all whatsoever. Malachi Corley is a Sunday player on that Western Kentucky roster. Their top wide receiver had 103 catches last year. And Western Kentucky's defense was pretty good, too. So I think the Hilltoppers get off to a resounding start here in week one. I think they blow out South Florida mm. laying 11 and a half. Yeah. I mean, look, Bohannon was very athletic. South Florida, in the guide, you indicate, I think their power ranking on returners is pretty good. But I think that can be misleading, right, Adam? Because if you can return a lot of guys, but they may not be good enough, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And and also, I mean, again, as I said, this is a defense that gave up over 41 points per game last year. And Todd Orlando is a really, really good, very accomplished defensive coordinator, especially at the collegiate level. But he's oftentimes walked into situations where there's simply more talent. So he's got more to work with right away. Here, I think it's a complete rebuilding process on defense. And when you're going to play with tempo on offense and probably be pretty inefficient and have a lot of three and outs or five and outs, something like that, a lot of short drives, that's going to put your defense on the field a ton. And that's a bad recipe for South Florida in this week one game. Again, that line's hitting 11 and a half, total 70. Whew, that's, a, that's a high one. Getting us started on a, on a high note here for sure. Talking college football with Adam Burke, VEASAN's own managing editor. I know you usually do a great job of honing in on some of those lower level group of five conference teams, but you actually have a bet this opening weekend um, in the Power Five, Nebraska and Minnesota. What are you looking at? Yeah, Thursday night game here, so this one coming up pretty quickly, but I think Nebraska plus seven is a good bet here. I think this line's just a little bit too high. My power ratings, which I post Sundays over at vcin.com, I have Minnesota a four-point favorite here. The Golden Gophers lost a ton. They lost seven of their top eight tacklers on defense. They lost their top two running backs in Mo Ibrahim and Trey Potts. They lost Tanner Morgan, who was like 35 years old and used all of his (laughs) eligibility a long time ago. This is a rebuilt offense. It's a rebuilt defense. And I think Nebraska with Matt Rule, there's a lot of talent in Lincoln. They just haven't paid attention to the details. They've been awful on special teams under Scott Frost. They've had inopportune turnovers. They haven't taken care of the football. I think they do that here. I think Matt Rule really installs a lot of good concepts and just a good vibe around the program. And Georgia Tech transfer Jeff Sims is a guy I think that has some upside. So I think seven points is too many for Nebraska. And honestly, I think sprinkling the money line isn't a bad play here either. Real quickly, Adam, just because you mentioned what you did about Tanner Morgan, I talked to him last year when I was covering one of their games, and he told me that a young reporter at one point went to introduce himself, um, and they thought that he was P.J. Fleck. Like, they went to shake his hand. They thought he was P.J. How good is that? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it felt like he's been there since, I don't know, Obama became president the first time. I, it's just, it's crazy. I Look, and that's the crazy thing about you know the transfer portal. I mean, Sam Hartman, you look what he did at Notre Dame this past week. I mean, he's a grown adult. He's you know a yeah. guy who's very experienced, very composed at the position. I think Minnesota will miss that. Even though Morgan didn't do a ton in this run-heavy offense, I still think they'll miss that with uh, Kalik Manis, who's going to be the starter. The other game you like, and I love Jeff Taylor. I think he's done a remarkable job at Texas San Antonio. You did the write-up on their team. They returned 13 starters. But you're it's almost a pick 'em game in against Houston. But you like the Roadrunners in this one, huh? Yeah, I do. I like UTSA in this game. Revenge game for them. They lost at home in the Alamo Dome in triple overtime last year, 37-35. They actually blew a lead in the final minute, got a field goal drive to tie the game, then ultimately lost it in overtime. But they were the better team in that game. Six yards per play to 4.6. Roadrunners had the advantage. They outgained Houston by almost 100 yards. And that was with Clayton Toon, who was tech, who was Houston's leading passer and leading rusher last year. He's gone now. Donovan Smith, the Texas Tech transfer, comes in. UTSA doesn't have the same turnover at quarterback. They still have Frank Harris, who I think is the best, certainly the best quarterback in this game, maybe the best player on the field in this game here. So UTSA, as you mentioned, they bring back a lot. Houston lost a lot of defense, a lot on defense as well. I just think UTSA is in a really good spot here, and I think they will be the class of the AAC this year as Houston, of course, moves up to the Big 12. 
Yeah, what, what could have been a conference opponent ends up not being one with UTSA, one of the newest members in the American Conference here, getting us started. You mentioned one of the Thursday games. There are a few coming up here tomorrow, and one that's drawn a lot of attention is that Utah-Florida game. The question marks as it surrounds Cam Rising, who is listed as QB1 on the depth chart for the Utes, but and, and is saying all the right things, saying he feels great, yet nobody seems to believe he's actually going to be starting that game. That line all the way down to four and a half now from the opening nine and a half yeah and and honestly at this point in time i mean i had this number more like utah minus 13 or 14 over the summer brought it down to 12 knowing that rising wasn't fully ready to go brought it down to 11 if rising doesn't play my true number is five but at this point i mean i think this line has just kind of gone a little bit too low i don't think florida is going to be all that good they obviously have some turnover as well at the quarterback position where graham mertz will take over now i, I just feel like this florida team with billy napier I don't have high hopes for them. I think they're going to squander some talent this year. Utah is always prepared. Kyle Whittingham is one of the most accomplished and experienced coaches in college football. He's known that Cam Rising probably wasn't going to play in week one all summer long. I think they'll be ready to go. They're very physical. And of course, this game being in elevation, I think at four, four and a half, Utah is probably worth a play even if Rising doesn't go. Yeah, I don't think Kyle Whittingham gets enough love or enough credit. I mean, his teams are tough, right? And they play hard. They place. They have great situational awareness. And I'm with you. I don't know where this Florida program's going. I mean, I think it's still kind of coming off off the Dan Mullen problem. Yeah, I think so too. And and again, I mean, you know, it's one thing to have a lot of talent, and Florida does, and Florida always will. It's another thing to maximize that talent. And Billy Napier, I don't know how great of a head coach he is because he walked into a pretty good group of five situation at Louisiana where they have had a lot of talent roll through that program for a long period of time. He had an accomplished quarterback in Levi Lewis. Now at Florida, expectations are high. Talent is high, but you still have to maximize it. And I don't know that he'll be able to. 30 seconds, Adam. LSU and Florida State. Uh, Florida State going to get it done? What's, What's the word? I don't know. I mean, I have LSU a three-point favorite personally. Lines up to two and a half. Great game. Incredible first game last year. Two Heisman Trophy candidates and Jaden Daniels and Jordan Travis. I think LSU is the better team, but you know, obviously it's a tough first game. Huge national championship implications. Mm-hmm. I lean LSU, but no play for me. I have LSU winning the national championship this year, so this She's is going to be step in. one. They need to get it done. Let's go, Brian Kelly. Let's go, Jaden Daniels. I'm just going to leave it at that. Awesome stuff as always, Adam. You're it. the man. Thanks, guys. Have Thanks, a good Adam. One. Great job. Make sure you check out Adam as well as Tim Murray on the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. There'll also be multiple college football articles available throughout each and every week, previewing the slate of games during the midweek and the weekend at VEASAN.com. Adam doing awesome work as always. We're going to take a quick break. Back to the NFL when we return on the Lombardi Line. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.